You're listening to The Red Tales, the Moddy Body Red podcast, which candidly celebrates the messy and iconic parts of our teenage years and our bodies. From juggling changing friendship groups, dealing with first heartbreaks, and waking up to changing body parts, our teenage years are filled with the most defining and often cringeworthy moments of our lives. Luckily, we're not alone. Moddy Body Red is the sustainable, easy to use period underwear for tweens and teens. It gives us the best protection against period leaks and stains, so we can ditch the pads and get on with living our best lives. I'm Sasha Meany, your host, and every fortnight I'll be joined by a young Aussie who isn't afraid to open up about the all-too-relatable moments from their teenage years and how they lived to tell the tale. Spoiler alert, make sure you listen to the very end of each podcast as we'll share with you our special Moddy Body discount code. The phrase third wheel is thrown around often as a joke. It's associated with being the third friend, the single friend. I remember in high school accompanying friends on dates, watching and giggling from afar. It was always nice to have another friend there to balance the numbers out, a fourth wheel to your third wheel. And while third wheeling is more commonly associated with relationships, my most vivid experiences of third wheeling have been with my friends. I would feel like the expendable one, the extra one, and that the other two friends in the trio were closer. Two of my friends in particular were a part of a rowing team. They'd do it together in the afternoons and slowly started to develop a crew beyond me. I'd see them do other activities before and after rowing, and then again on the weekends. They started catching a different train to me because of their new friends, and they couldn't be bothered catching the earlier train that I was on. I never verbalised to them how I felt. But feeling like a third wheel gave me freedom to move around and hang out with new people. Today's guest, Lanika Den, has her own experiences with feeling like a third wheel and finding her own social group. Hello, Lanika. Welcome yes. to the podcast. Thank How you are you today? Me. I'm so great. Happy to be here. And this room is so crisp and white. I love it. <laughs> and you're chatting to us about, I mean, a phenomenon. Oh my gosh, I'm not going to pronounce that word. A phenomenon of third yeah. wheeling, like of that experience of being the third wheel. Mm. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your first experience of feeling like a third wheel? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like my whole life. Third wheel is just, I should have it like as my middle name or something or in oh. my Instagram bio. Because ever since I was a little kid, I was always the friend that was very much like, oh, if there's a kid sitting out like out and doesn't have any friends, they need to have friends. And so I would always take kids in and like make sure they were part of my group, even if they're like, I love weird kids because I was a weird kid. So I was just like, oh yeah, you're like eating bugs, like whatever, come be part of our friend group. (laughs) But it sounds like that comes from a place of wanting to be inclusive rather than exclusive. Totally, totally. You're essentially a full-time matchmaker. Yeah. (laughs) Full-time like little mom looking after everyone. So you said that that was kind of your intuition from a young age. Yeah. And but you know, when you're younger, I don't think you're cognizant of the fact that you're like, it's your behavior that's causing these two, these people to come together. (laughs) When was the first time that you like looked at it and thought, oh, I don't like this. (laughs) Why am I, why am I a third wheel right now? I think I was pretty young when I felt like that because I just didn't understand why, especially in like the sort of dynamics that I was experiencing as a teenage girl in my specific friendship groups, I don't know if you had the same experience, but like year nine, year nine in high school as a girl, I don't know what happens. Everyone goes animalistic. So I think it was probably then. I came back from Japan. I went to Japan just random wild. And I came back and all of my friends had made their own friends after I'd 
fix them all up and no one spoke to me and I was just like, oh, well, this is crazy. Yeah. So when you came back from Japan, what was the first kind of giveaway that something else had formed between them and not yourself, like that you felt excluded from? Yeah, straight up um, walking into school and being like, oh, ready to chat to everyone and noticing that no one in the hallways would talk to me. And then when I went to go speak to the girls who I'm like apparently friends with, it's like they they wouldn't speak to me. It was very minimal, like, yeah, cool, awesome. Right. And then went away and sat in their, oh, my God, the high school drama, but sat in their new area or whatever. And I was just like, what's going on? I've just gotten back from Japan. I haven't done anything. How did that make you feel? Um, It was crap. It was really crap. And I was so glad that I got the opportunity to move schools after that because I got like a scholarship for th- theatre making to this new um, high school in the city and I was really thankful that I could get out of that toxic yeah. dynamic but it was it was very much like a moment that shaped me where I was like people are nuts and I am like someone who wears my emotions on my sleeve yeah and so I know that I'm a highly sensitive person and I've just got to protect myself because people are people are nuts and people are gonna backstab you sometimes and you just got to know that. Prior to going to that other school mm. where you did you try and separate yourself or distance yourself from it at all or were you trying to make it work? Um, I really tried to make it work. Yeah. I was. I tried to just regain all of the friends that I had and like even just with teachers and things trying to make it normal. But it seemed like the more I tried, the more they believed the rumours. So I was just like, okay, mm. I'll just sit here and not be a part of this then if this is going to be the case. What about with those girls? Like were, did you try and stay within that friendship, like within that trio, or was it very quickly like a... It was impossible. Like they were actually excluding me entirely from the group, like wouldn't speak to me, would move away from me, would do like crazy stuff that you're like, are you joking? It's just... And who did you go, did you, were you, did you have anybody that supported you apart? I mean, like it sounds like at the time, it, it sounds like at the time there's two things here where you're you're feeling excluded from your friends and then there's also this horrible rumour that's going around. Mm. And it sounds like they were, like, just competing. I can't imagine what your headspace was like. But Mm. was there anybody around you who was able to support you in terms of your friends, like that that issue about feeling excluded from your friends? I think it was my mum because my mum and I bond so hard and, like, school's school but my mum's for life so... My mum was very much, like, helpful in making me know that that's just what, like, these specific teenage girls are doing, that's their own vibe, and that you're going to go somewhere new. And I'm always very – and I was always very focused on what I want to do in the arts and, like, that's my life, what I do now. Yeah. So it's sort of – she was just, like, encouraging me to focus on that and just know that I'm moving to a new school and it's okay. So mum for life. Mum's great. So what was your mum's – do you have any, like, words of wisdom that your mum gave you at the time? (laughs) <laughs> I wouldn't say words of wisdom because she's definitely not Oprah. But right. <laughs> what I would say is is that she was just like, oh, they're idiots. Yeah. Like that's basically her. Just bugger off. Like yeah. stop. Yeah. It's fine. No, you could. I had a similar experience <laughs> growing up with like feeling, I, I, I termed it like a floater. Like I was a bit of a mm. floater. I had a lot of oh. separate friends um, and occasionally I'd have a bit of a group. But then because I had so many different interests and I was never really around all the time, mm. um, it meant that I, f- I would 
like the ball would be rolling on something else and I'd realise that something was happening. So like, mm. my, for example, a few of my friends did rowing yeah. and then I'd realise and then it'd be like too late and I'd be like, oh, shoot, like I should have I should have done rowing even though, God, no, <laughs> I can't, I'm not athletic. I would have hated rowing. I like have been saved by lifeguards multiple yeah. times. I'm a terrible swimmer. You're on Bondi Rescue. I just wish I was on water. Bondi Rescue. But, yeah. you know. I get what you mean where it's like, okay, well, I have to make a choice now of do I mm-hmm. try and maintain these friendships or do I branch out? Mm-hmm. And I and when I say floater, that I say it in the best possible sense of being like capable of making mm-hmm. and maintaining a lot of separate friendships that aren't just in groups, aren't just because we're conveniently all friends in the same group. Oh, on TikTok the other day there was this thing about, I don't know if you've heard the term, like the secondary friend. So no. you've only you've only got friends that are you're in like the secondary group of everyone else's friend circle. So there's the first friends that right. they go to to hang out and then there's people who are just secondary friends where they're only in the second circle. So if those people say no, then they're the next people that they invite. And when I heard that, I was like, oofed, I feel that. Really? <laughs> yeah, Even sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. I'd. But then again, maybe that's just because my first friends are – the people who I view as my first friends view me as a secondary friend and then there would be other friends that would view me as a first friend that I view as secondary. That's God, it's That's just a messy. lot of maths. Let's not do it. <laughs> That's just so messy. I mean, it's so hard. It's just you can't categorise your friends, yeah. I don't think. Like I have a lot of friends where we won't talk to each other for a full year and then when we see each other it's great and there's no mm. resentment in not having seen each other for that year. Um, but, you know, that's just how often we can catch up with competing schedules, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but on the the experience of third wheeling, did you find that that happened like you grew out of that um, going into university? Because, you know, in high school when you're stuck on the same playground mm-hmm. during lunchtime, it can feel very, uh, very present and and physical. Like it feels like a real physical thing. Mm-hmm. Um that you need to run away from. But how is that now outside of schooling? I think it's still very similar in that I set up friends like mm-hmm. I do and then I usually drift away from those friendships because they become strong because obviously I can tell personality traits. But um, I think other experiences that I've had with it would be like especially I'm queer, that's my life, and sometimes there are friends like my friend's boyfriend thought that because I was queer that it was almost like a competitive thing and like that my queerness is sort of not okay because we've got like I've got a really close friendship with this other girl and then that's sort of like on edge never said but like weird about the fact that I'm queer and she's here like yeah it's like that's so stupid and especially I feel like that's the thing that a lot of the time bisexuality gets is that like just because you were bisexual means that you would go with anyone that is of a man or a girl or any other. That um, you're hypersexual. Yeah. No, I say this all the time. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And so what do you, what, how did you fix that situation? It's one of those things where it's like that person is going to have those beliefs until that person gets over it, that boyfriend. Like I think that boyfriend has some therapy to go do. But for me, it's just like don't see me when you're with your boyfriend then. And like, right. not in a secretive way, just like hang out with me when there's quality time and then that's it. Because 
um, I can't change this person, but I don't like, if you really value my friendship, then we're going to still have that friendship. And then if that's not going to be the case, then I'd completely leave, but it is the case. Have you had any successful third wheeling friendships Uh, where like, like I have a couple friends who are in relationships, right? And when I, when I am with them, I don't feel like a third wheel because it feels like I've just brought on like the I trust my friends' judgment so much. I mean, not all the time, but some mm. most of the time that when they end up with somebody partner or or a new best friend or otherwise, it feels like, oh, we can all just kind of hang out together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever had an yes. experience like that? Oh, love. Now I'm I'm seeing the people in my head. Um, yeah, lovely experience because we all started. I think it's best. Well, I can't make people get in relationships, but I think it's best when all of the friends all started as friends. There was no relationship to begin with and then two people got together because we're all on the same basis. Yeah, we I all understand that we're a friend. Yeah. And then them getting in a relationship doesn't affect anything because we all love each other because we're actually all friends outside of the convenience of those two people being in a relationship. Yeah, sure. They're like the most successful ones that I'm like off to love. Yeah. Um, but I think even navigating myself now, I have a partner and it's a new, and it's like a newer partner. And I now have some really close friends who are like, not because I'm not like lovey lovey all the time with my partner in yeah, front of yeah. them, but it's still like the idea of that they don't want to hang out with me with my partner. And I'm mm. like, but we're not going to be like that in front of you. We're just going to be like sick mates in front of you. <laughs> like I'm not trying to. Do I have these you. beautiful friends who are together now and we I cooked dinner for them one night mm-hmm. and we were just like hung out and we were all just sitting on the couch watching television enjoying the evening and then when they left I like looked out my window to see them walk away and they held hands and they were like cuddling each other and I thought <laughs> that's so sweet and so and also like I did appreciate that you know they weren't all over each other while I was sitting on the other end of the couch, like trying to ignore the fact that I'm alone, you know, <laughs> like, you know, I do appreciate it, but I also feel like it is that thing growing up as an adult and introducing, introduce, introducing seamlessly as possible your friends and your romantic partners, you know, to kind of mesh mm-hmm. because ideally, I mean, you can't have them separate forever. You just can't. So at one point, like the third wheel, needs to be there (laughs) and third or fourth wheel or whatever it is how are you going introducing people to your partner (laughs) yeah it's great I think I like the same sort of like weird energy people so my partner matches most of my friends so the ones who are open to it we have picnics it's sick and we're just all friends which I love do you have any advice then for any person (laughs) who is feeling like a third wheel um potentially because their friend has gotten a partner or whatnot do you have any advice yeah I think I think it goes both ways I don't think it's the um, the person who's in the relationship's fault and I don't think it's the third wheel's fault. I feel like that both of those things need to come together. Mm. Partners need to have, like, respect that in front of your friends you're going to, like, like you're not, you're not going to make out. You're not going to be super, like, super, super lovey-lovey because that person does feel awkward. Like, I think just everyone... Um, looking out for each other's emotions and just wanting to hang out as friends because that's what you are hanging out as. Like even though it's your partner, you're still all friends. Yeah. I think that's the best. And just like, you know, you're going to have, if you have hostility, why do you have hostility? What's this hostility about? Like that's a you problem, not a this thing problem. Like you've obviously got some insecurity. So like just let, let yourself get to know a person and get to know the other person, I think. Yeah. 
Beautiful advice. I would say I I just add on to that, like mm. in terms of my experiences, mm. communication mm. in a non-angry way, like don't bring it up once it's boiled over, but, Both. you know, actually just say to your friend and don't say it in accusatory, just be like, I am feeling let left it out and I know that's not what you intended mm. but I just need you to know that that's where my head's at at the moment if I'm being a little bit sensitive and <laughs> um and you know I'd love to hang out with you guys in a like outdoor scenario where maybe you guys are less affectionate with each other or something <laughs> like that yeah like I love your love but I also miss my friend kind of thing yeah that's what I would I wish I had people tell me or I wish I had told people when I'm in those situations as well yeah, agree. Thank you so much for joining us today. Cool. <laughs> it's time we reinvent the third wheel. Maybe you've heard the phrase friends with benefits. Well, let's consider the concept of a third wheel with benefits. Because while often associated with complications, being a third wheel isn't all bad. It's just about perspective. Benefit one, a new partner means a potential new friend. When a friend enters into a new relationship, Instead of viewing it as losing your friend, consider yourself having gained another. Get to know your friend's partner. If your friend is anything like you, they'll have chosen an equally cool and kind person to be their partner, one who might have very similar interests to yourself. Benefit two, a first-hand lesson in love. Consider your friend's new relationship as a private show to see how a couple interacts and communicates. Take note of how they tackle relationship problems Think of it as a free education for what you'll take into your own future relationships or what you'd rather leave behind. Benefit three, double the emotional support. Having a tough time, not only do you get an extra perspective to help with whatever problem you're facing, but you also get double the emotional support. Also, double the hugs and double the opportunities to eat somebody's leftovers when you all go out for food. So many wins. Thanks for listening to The Red Tales. The Muddy Body Red Podcast. If you enjoyed tuning in to today's episode, related a bit too much to the story, or learned something new, please subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. If you're curious about our underwear and you'd love to give it a try, head to our website and use our exclusive code REDTAILS15 for 15% off. You can even join the Red Squad by signing up on our website to receive exclusive VIP offers. Lastly, to keep up with all things red, make sure to follow us on Instagram at moddybody underscore red. Remember, life is messy, but your period doesn't have to be.